everyone. Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Let me ask you this. Are you into or do you want to get into investing in small multifamily properties? I'm talking about duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, sixplexes, that kind of thing. And if so, have you put any thought into how you're going to raise the money to do that? Well, if that's kind of where you're at, then you're going to want to pay close attention to today's episode because my special guest is Mr. Bradley Watson, who is a real estate investor. He's a realtor. He's a podcaster. He's a busy guy. He's a new father at this point. He's got a baby that's five months old. And we're going to be talking about raising capital for small multifamily type deals. So Bradley, welcome to the show. Dave, thanks for having me and excited to shed some light on any questions you've got today. And it's well, cool man, to come. I got the I's got the questions. Hopefully you've got the answers. All right. I got friend. some so, answers. Hopefully they're the ones you're looking for. Well, I hey, think just stories is really a good way to to teach people stuff. And hopefully well, I've got enough sure, stories today. For sure. So let's start with we were talking off camera here a little bit. And you were telling me that raising capital is something that you become pretty comfortable with. You might not have the whole system completely dialed in, but whatever the heck it is you're doing, it is working for you. And that's what counts. So big picture, when it comes to raising capital, what are you doing right now that's working well for you, Bradley? It hit the nail on the head when you say, I don't have a system. And it's funny because, I mean, to a lot of people, I do have a system, but I don't feel like it's built up to the point that you teach in your coaching. I think there's a lot of value in that as well. For me, it's more so been just taking an opportunity to work around the influence that I've developed in the skills that I have. And in my case, that is understanding the market and kind of explaining it in layman's terms to the average investor and homeowner. Investors is such a broad term, especially here in, in Toronto and the GTA, because to own a single family home is deemed to be an investment. I don't know how it is across the country, but you feel like you're an investor because, hey, I just spent a million dollars. I better be an investor. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot yeah, of- that, that could that could be a 12 unit of building in, in some areas <laughs> of the country, and st especially in the States. But yeah, that might get you a single family house in Toronto. So a lot of, not that I would define it the same way, but a lot of people join our program as investors or thinking they're investors and then listening to hear what other investors have to say is going on in the market. And it quickly turns itself into sharing different opportunities, deals that we're working in, small multifamily apartments, kind of like you're describing here. And then just sharing that information with what's going on with our listeners in a different way. People are constantly looking for content. There's a lot of ears. There's not a lot of mouths even though it feels from our angle, like there is a lot, there's very much a shortage of content, especially in the podcast space. So being able to transfer that over and be able to help people in, well, what do I do next? Right? Like yeah. I get what's going on, but I don't really know how to go about doing it. Being able to serve that and share those successes has kind of been the way that I've been building capital. And to me, like you mentioned, I find finding deals for me, finding deals is fine about finding people. Finding capital is where I kind of, I guess I'm more comfortable on my end with doing the runaround. Okay, so let's let's kind of unwrap that a little bit, Bradley. So what I'm hearing is that because you've got a platform, in your case, it's a, a podcast, other people have YouTube channels, other people have Facebook groups, other people have Instagram, whatever the hell they are, because I'm not in Instagrams, but you know, they've they've got their their way of getting the word out. Now, how does that turn into capital for you? Because if I understand correctly, your podcast is really about updating people on what's going on in the market, in the GTA, 
how do you turn that listener, that passive listener into an actual investor for you? Wow, that's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code PODCAST. That's right, discount code PODCAST at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. And I guess this is where systemizing would be easier if I had all the answers, but I can just tell you kind of my backstory maybe and putting it all together. Sure. And and maybe there's some answers built into that. I, I've done the YouTube thing. I've done the Facebook live thing. I've been on camera since I've started in real estate, which is going on 10 years. And so getting content has always been a comfortable place for me. In fact, going into voice, into audio is actually in a lot of ways a step backwards. But in any case, I've always been kind of comfortable communicating, reaching out to people. And all of that has led to pretty deep relationships. When people listen to you, podcasts as well, like even more so, it's an hour of their time that they're investing in me. And it's funny because when you talk about coaching and, and all of this work, the biggest investment isn't the hundreds or thousands of dollars you put in. It's the time commitment. And I think as an investor, we start to realize that that time is the biggest and most valuable thing. So people are giving us most valuable thing to them, their time. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't squander that. We should give them the best we can and the fastest time we can. And so that's kind of been my angle. Even on podcasting has come out a little bit more YouTube-y where they're getting that kind of fast Coles Notes info on what's going on and just a summary of what my expectations are in the market. Meanwhile, on the side, I'm a real estate investor uh, and broker myself and have been learning because if the capital comes to you, you better know what to do with it. And when you have that relationship already formed, that doesn't mean you haven't, you haven't closed them as an investor until you can show them you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of those two pieces, the warm relationship, but also the experience and the confidence that you know what you're actually going to do with my money to a point that makes me comfortable. If they like and trust you, it's kind of been that kind of world. And those two things coming together, whether they reach out to me through an Instagram DM, whether they reach out to one of my deals that maybe I've sent out to them, regardless of how that's happened, if there's no pre-existing relationship, those don't go anywhere. But podcasting for me has been the way that I'm able to get them to know what I'm all about before I know anything about them. So then a big challenge for me, I found has actually been on the other side of me getting to know in a very quick way who it is that I'm talking to and not just jump on dollars because that's also a bad idea. Yeah, that can be a little bit dangerous. It could be a little bit murky in the whole uh, eyes of the securities regulators and all that kind of good stuff. So you definitely have to be a little bit careful there. So you've got the pod. So I'm just trying to piece together how things are working out. So you, how often is your podcast coming out? Are you weekly, bi-weekly, daily? What do, you, what do you do? You mentioned it. I've got three kids, actually, the youngest being five months. So the last little bit, to be honest, the market's been relatively boring, which yeah. is maybe why I haven't been putting out as much content. It's been the same as my last podcast that I posted two months ago when I told everybody what was going to happen. It's been happening. But on a frequent basis between guests and, and my own personal 
podcast sessions, I'll say about once or twice a week, I'll be mm-hmm. putting out content. Our numbers are similar to yours. We're just over, I think it's, I think we're 300 episodes. I, I don't know. We got a lot of episodes out there. Yeah, That's just kind of tracking. So that's been, yeah, that's the frequency. So that relationship is generally at least weekly. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And, and I like the fact that what you do with your podcast, very, very smart. You're, you're a realtor, you're a broker. So it just makes sense that you're updating people on what's going on in your local market. That's exactly what you're focused on. That's what you're a specialist in. And then by them hearing you every single week, bringing them fresh quote unquote data, even though it hasn't changed for the last couple of months, but basically it's something kind of new and timely. They kind of look to you as a news source, right? So you're a resource for them. So that helps create that trust that helps position you as the expert, as the authority, because you're updating them week by week or twice a week on what the heck's going on. Time to time, you're bringing on guests, you're you're providing value. So that makes a lot of sense. So how are you getting people from passive listeners to your podcast to get into some kind of a list so that you can communicate with them a little bit more proactively? You've got it. Have you got anything going on that way? Yeah, there's a secret sauce in there that that needs to be mentioned. And that is humor. My my podcast is very much, to be honest, in a lot of ways, our guest podcasts are boring in that they lack humor because they're not scripted. When I'm speaking, it's absolutely scripted. And the humor is sometimes off the charts. Some people come for real estate and they stay for jokes. And so that has been a way <laughs> to attract and out monopolize the other quote unquote Toronto real estate podcast because people want to hear me. I've had yeah. folks ask, hey, I'll buy your podcast. If you ever want to stop, I'll take it over. And I would rather stop doing it than give it away because at the end of the day, people are listening to my voice and my my content, my humor. To your point there, the difference maker I find is a lot of, especially in Toronto, a lot of investors are definitely small time investors. They've got single family, most likely condos, pre-construction. You might have the odd duplex, but the real magic happens for me in the small multifamily. So we're talking five plus units. The opportunity to stretch your money, go outside just the GTA through Ontario. So for me, I focus in Ontario, mm-hmm. but submarkets and some would argue you could go further and get more. Absolutely. But that's just kind of been the space that I've played in. The opportunity to stretch outside of the walls of the GTA and to get something that's actually going to make money. I know you, you talk about these profit centers that introduces them to these new profit centers and then have a lending, like a helping hand, do it for them with experience has been the catalyst for someone to sign up because yeah, you can invest, but very quickly, any serious investor, I don't work with folks that are investing for the first time. I work with people who have experience. So they know the challenges that are, that are involved in that. We'll, we'll see the two plus two equals five scenario that can come with syndication. And so that's the driving force that leads people to these small multifamilies and occasional investors I'll send off off market deals. I do have some systems to do that too. So sometimes, but I'm, I might actually start running away from that a little bit personally in the future, but that's been another reason people have signed up. Very cool. And what are they signing up for? What is your lead magnet that you offer people to sign up? To date, it's been off market deals. So power of sales in the GTA or JV opportunities. In the future, it's probably going to move itself more into just signing up for the purpose of multifamily investing. Now, you have to be careful, as you mentioned, with securities. And so these people are, in every case, either folks that I really know well or credited. Like I, I don't, 
I don't fund deals with several small investors. It just doesn't happen. So it's I, there's a bit of a filtration that happens on my end as well. No, that makes a lot of sense. So Bradley, I want to talk a little bit about the humor idea or your view on bringing your own unique twist or personality to your podcast or your YouTube channel, whatever the, the platform is that you're that you're working on, because I see so many people trying to copy other folks and just kind of same old, same old, boring, boring. And I know myself personally, if I were trying to inject a massive amount of humor into my podcast, probably wouldn't work that well. Cause quite frankly, I'm not that funny, at least not on purpose. And I can't remember a joke for the life of me. So me trying to copy your methodology of, of injecting humor in, into my podcast probably wouldn't work. So what are your tips or your, or your suggestions about how best to inject your own personality into whatever platform you're using? I mean, I'm funny to me. I'm not funny to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. the joke in for some people when first when they when they when folks first and now I'm taking this all based on feedback, by the way. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm funny all through and through. But people that join in the feedback that I've gotten is it's like, I don't get it. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Like we'll be talking about, we'll be talking about a government program that just rolled out. And all of a sudden I'm making jokes that are sometimes off colored or completely unrelated. I usually take a topic, right? Like if it's Halloween and I'll make a trick or treat joke. It's like, why the heck is he making a trick or cheat joke when we're talking about the green belt? Like it doesn't fit, but I plug them in there because it just gets me smiling and I laugh at them. And well, you to yourself, so that's half the battle. Yeah. So, so, so I think it's the humor is for me, the energy is what's shared. And I think some people silently will laugh at my jokes. I, I've had messages where I'm talking to investors, like people that I've built further relationships, and they're just like, oh, that last joke you gave, that like that got me. You actually got me on that one. <laughs> so, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I figured when I do podcasts, if I'm not having fun, then I'm not going to do them. Hmm. And adding the jokes, it takes more time to plug it into the overall writing and the content. But if I if it's a way for me to enjoy doing them, I'm going to do it. And that's yeah, that's that been the, the reasoning. So one could argue, not myself, because I think I'm funny, but one people have argued I'm not very funny. But it's, it's such laugh. a subjective they laugh at me. thing. That's fine. It was such a subjective thing. You're never going to be funny to absolutely everybody. That's just the way it is. Right. So, hey, I, but I appreciate that advice. Bradley, good stuff. Time flies when we're having fun. People want to connect with you, find out more about you, listen to your podcast. What should they do? Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you've got listeners here on podcast, jump on over to Toronto's number one real estate podcast. And if they want to follow us over on Instagram, you're welcome to do that. And you can find us at Watson Estates. Fantastic. Lots of fun. Thank you very much for being on the show, Bradley. Thank you, Dave. Keep doing what you're doing. It's been great. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.